Thank you for listening, downloading, sharing, subscribing, commenting, donating, and praying for us. And for going to BrotherLance.com to get the free PDF of this teaching. We need to really kind of cement in our heads that it's not Jesus, the name, the, the letters, that is at play. It's who those letters represent. It says, don't argue over words. 2 Timothy 2, 14 through 17. Remind, remind believers about these things and warn them in the sight of God not to quarrel over words. People in the sacred name movement, man. People with the same name as Jesus in the Bible. Right? And so most of you might not, you may, maybe you did. But there's more than one Jesus in scripture. So our number one example is Jesus. This is the definition of the thing. Jesus, the son of God, the savior of mankind, God incarnate, right? Two, Jesus, Barabbas, was the captive robber who the Jews begged Pilate to release instead of the Christ. Three, uh, Joshua, or Joshua, was the famous captain of the Israelites, Moses' successor in Acts 7.45 and Hebrews 4.8, fought the, fought the battle of Jericho. Number four, Jesus, son of Eleazar, one of the ancestors of Christ, Luke 3.29. Number five, Jesus, surnamed Justice, a Jewish Christian and associated with Paul in the preaching of the gospel, Colossians 4.11. We're going to go through these. So if Jesus is a magic word, then this makes no sense, right? Unless we're misunderstanding when we say the name Jesus. We're pointing back to a life. We're pointing back to an event. We're pointing uh, pointing back to a lineage, to God. You know, and so that's something we have to get in our head. So if I say I believe in Jesus, who am I pointing back to? If people inside the church aren't obeying God, aren't doing what he says and say, I believe in Jesus, you might as well say, I believe in Bob. Because it ain't the Jesus of the Bible, right? I mean, come on. It's like you call, you can have the super secret special sacred name. Who cares? You know, and so it says Jesus, as we see in English or Yeshua in Hebrew, is epidemiologically related and traced back to Yeshua in Hebrew. But since the Bible was spoken in two languages in the New Testament, Hebrew and Aramaic, translated into two others, Greek and Latin, and then translated into Old English, then again into Modern English, we can see why Jesus seems so far removed from Yeshua. It is still referencing the same person, same act, same story, and the same source of our salvation. Okay? Yahshua, Yeshua, Yahshua was his earthly name. He now has a new name that no one knows except the Father. What really matters is that he is in your heart. This is where the power of his name comes from, the relationship between you both. His name is not some kind of magical, mystical buzzword that gives the speaker some arcane power to rip the earth in two. It's only if he lives in your heart, right? If you become the temple of God and the Holy, the indwelling in the Holy Spirit, and you have this relationship. And we're going to get into, well, how do you have the relationship, right? Okay. So as you see, just because you claim Jesus doesn't mean that Jesus claims you, right? So I put it in like nice black, you know, highlight with yellow letters so we can really focus on it. But he who does the will of my father in heaven. Huh? Obedience, right? So if you want to say, I know Jesus, Jesus says, only if you obey me, right? Only if you obey God. That's how you know. All right. So if someone's out there claiming Jesus. And they ain't obeying him or teaching against obedience. They might get some things right. They might have some 90% truth. But it don't matter. Because what did Jesus say? Yeah. Now get get out of here. You don't you don't obey. I don't know you, Lord Lord. Who are you? 
and stuff like that. It's the same thing with Jesus. Just because I got Jesus. It's the one I just made up last week. Who cares? And you hold up the Bible and go, is it this Jesus? This Jesus says something different. You know, and I can prove to you what he says because it's written down. Yahweh bless you and keep you. Yahweh make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. Yahweh lift up his counts upon you and give you shalom. Amen. Yeah. All right, let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you so much for our time together today. Thank you for allowing us to come together as a body of believers, a family and fellowship, so we could just glorify you and exalt you. Uh, thank you for taking care of us through this week and for Sabbath coming up and for loving us and just encouraging us, Father. We pray for Sarah and her dad as he goes through surgery, Lauren and all the decisions and uh, things that are going on there, and everybody else in our group and every other need, Father. Give us the Holy Spirit, guide us in your tr uh, truth, teach us your ways and direct us in our Bible study and help us understand the difference of just saying a name and, and being devoted to that name. And so we praise you, we thank you, and we love you very much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay. So my wife told me this was a little deep. So we'll uh, <laughs> just dive right on. This is part five of our series, and we're kind of tackling a lot of issues around the name topic here. And so we're going to just go through it and we'll kind of cover it as we go along. So let me read. It says, Escape from Babylon, the series part five. Is it Jesus? What's in a name? Focus verse, Acts 4.12. There is salvation and none other, for neither is there any other name under heaven that is giving among, given among men by which we must be saved. So I'm going to go ahead and just read what I wrote. And so it's a lot of words, and I'll try to go uh, maybe just explain as we go along. It says, what's in a name? What about the name Jesus? Is it like the saying goes, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet? Or must you call it a rose for it to retain the flower's beauty and aroma? So if someone says they believe in Jesus, are they automatically to be considered a brother or sister in Christ? Hmm. As we have learned, there are many false brethren and false teachers, etc., is the name Jesus enough to accurately identify whom they are talking about? The sacred name movement declares that you must focus on perfect pronunciation of the correct name to receive salvation. Moreover, if you can correctly pronounce the supposed correct name, you can, uh, can you still be lost? If it's just the saying, I believe in Jesus that matters because they say a name, then what about all those people in different countries? They don't call him Jesus in their native tongue, so would they be lost because they didn't get the word right? Conversely, if all you have to do is get the name right, then you are saved just because you say the name and not because of your relationship with the person you claim to believe in. Then how does that make you any better than Satan? As the Bible says, even the devil believes and trembles at his name. Christians must understand that, biblically speaking, names are titles with authority and honor bestowed upon them based upon the one who gives the name. They have a deeper meaning beyond the mere combination of letters. Without this second layer of meaning, the name is void of any and all power. So when we say the name Jesus, it is more important to focus on who it represents in the second layer of meaning. For you cannot accurately refer to anyone without the context of the relationship between the two parties. For example, if I say Bob is my friend, well, what Bob are you talking about? 
There are hundreds of thousands of bobs in the world. Even if I randomly point at a bob and say, I know that one, would that bob claim to know me? Very unlikely. Therefore, there must be a relationship at the core of the claim of the name of Jesus. Do you know him? Does he know you? If it is a yes and it is the Jesus of the Bible, this activates the deep meaning of his name, the second layer of power and honor given to him by God. Then, extending to the believer all the benefits of the relationship, forgiveness, salvation, and a way to our Heavenly Father. I know that's a lot of back and forth and a lot of questions, but basically what we're trying to do is determine, is it Jesus? That's the hence of the, the name, you know, and someone says, I believe in Jesus. Does that mean they're a Christian? Do they believe in the Jesus of the Bible? Now, does it have to be Yahshua, Yeshua? Does it have to be uh, some other Aramaic pronunciation, Yoshi, you know, in order to be the correct Jesus, right? And so, especially as this come out series and what we're talking about now coming out of Babylon, we need to really kind of cement in our heads that it's not Jesus, the name, the, the letters that is at play. It's who those letters represent. Okay, and so there's people all around the world that speak different tongues. They don't call him Jesus, but it's just still the same son of God, the God, you know, that's in the Bible and his son, the Lamb of God, the one that was sinless. Okay, and so this is a big deal because there's a lot of fakers running around claiming the name of Jesus, claiming the name Yeshua, claiming whatever they want to claim, saying it's the, the Jesus we know in Scripture as identified in the Bible. Right. And so we're going to kind of knock this thing around and beat it down pretty hardcore. But, you know, I get in discussions online with people about this stuff and they're, they're hardcore. You got to say it right. And it's got to be this way. And as if it's some ridiculousness, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. So top of page two, it says, before we start, let's see how many people we can find in the Bible that had their name changed. So what do we have? I got, I'll bring up a, a couple. Saul became Paul. Abram became Abraham, Sarai became Sarah, right? And there's probably more in scripture. And why were these names changed? These names were changed to represent uh, a change in who they were as a person, their status, their title, their role and importance, right? And so when we say Jesus, right? Because in, in the prophecy, his name, his name will be Emmanuel. Well, his name was never Emmanuel, right? God with us. It was Jesus, which is Yahweh saves or Yeshua. And so... We have to understand what this name thing is, right? And it's not just a bunch of letters. And that, like, if you get that certain group of letters right, man, magic portals open up, <laughs> you know, and you can do all wonderful things, you know. Okay, so it says, don't argue over words. Second Timothy 2, 14 through 17. Remind, remind believers about these things and warn them in the sight of God not to quarrel over words. People in the sacred name movement, man. Quarreling uh, doesn't do any good, but only destroys those who are listening. Do your best to present yourself to God as a tried and true worker who is in ashamed to teach the word of truth correctly. Avoid pointless discussions. Come on now. People who pay attention to these pointless discussions will become more ungodly. And what they say will spread like cancer. Harmonious and philetious are like that. Man, how bad do you have to be to be put in scripture like that? I mean, for all time to be remembered. Man, they must have been troublemakers, right? So what is Paul telling us here? People who want to argue over the name of Jesus or Yahshua or Yoshi or Yesido or whatever country you live in, Paul says don't do that. 
And so we're going to prove why he's taking this stance on, on that general issue and why it applies to our discussion, okay? So a biblical example of transliteration of names. So a transliteration is when you take one from a name from one language and change it into another, like what happened with Jesus's name, which we'll get into in a little bit. So even John transliterates a name. In Revelation 9:11, they have it says they have as a king over them the angel of the abyss whose name in the Hebrew is Abaddon and in Greek Apollyon. Whoop, there we go. And so here you have John explaining that in Hebrew, his name is Abaddon, and in Greek, it is Apollyon, right? So you could say, in Hebrew, Jesus' name is Yeshua, and in English, it is Jesus, right? And so transliteration is a biblical thing, like transliterating names. And so we can't get all bent out of shape if people want uh, transliterated the name Jesus from the one language and into a, into a new language, right? And so the Bible tells us Jesus' name will be preached in different languages. Jesus' name was prophesied to be preached in different languages. Revelation 10, 11. They told me, you must prophesy again over many people, nation, languages, and kings, right? And so that prophecy, the spirit of prophecy is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we know that the language of the name of Jesus was going to be preached in other countries. And it wasn't always going to be Jesus or Yeshua or Yoshi or whatever you want to call it, that it was going to be spread out across the world, right? Because it's all pointing back to the, to the son of God. Okay. And so the spiritual gift of different languages, speaking in different languages is a spiritual gift. First Corinthians 12, nine through 10. To others, the Spirit has been given great faith or the power to heal the sick or the power to work mighty miracles. Some of us are prophets and some of us recognize when God's Spirit is present. Others can speak different kinds of languages. And so others can tell what these languages mean. Acts 2, 3 through 6. Tongues like fire appeared and were distributed among them and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other languages as the Spirit gave them ability to speak. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men for every nation under the sky. When this sound was heard, the multitude came together and were bewildered because everyone heard them speak in his own language. So let me write, read what I wrote. It says, now I can't say that the Holy Spirit transliterated the name Yahshua, Yeshua, Yahshua, or Jesus into every foreign tongue just like he did for every other word that was spoken. But I would say it is highly likely. Even today, all over the world, people believe in the Son of God, as it is written in the Bible, and they do not call him Yeshua, 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 or Jesus. They call him by his name transliterated into their own language. Does this mean they are not true believers? Hardly. It's ridiculous. You know, and so our Western mindset, we're like, oh, you said Jesus. You must be talking about the Jesus of the Bible. You want something fun to do? Go on Twitter, put in Jesus. It's Jesus, right? And you're and you're off into different languages talking about different topics, right? You know. And so we're not we're not supposed to be getting hung up on these five letters, right? That's that's not what God wants us to do. It makes no sense, right? And so let's go to top of page three. People with the same name as Jesus in the Bible. Right. And so most of you might not, maybe you did, but there's more than one Jesus in scripture. 
More proof that it's not just the name reference that holds the power, but the person. So Strong's Concordance G2424, uh, Thayer's definition, Yehovah or Yahweh is salvation, because they don't say Yahweh, they say Jehovah or Yehovah, whatever. So our number one example is Jesus. This is the definition of the thing. Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of mankind, God incarnate, right? Two, Jesus, Barabbas, was the captive robber who the Jews begged Pilate to release instead of the Christ. Three, uh, Joshua or Joshua was the famous captain of the Israelites, Moses' successor in Acts 7.45 and Hebrews 4.8, fought the, fought the Battle of Jericho. Number four, Jesus, son of Eleazar, one of the ancestors of Christ, Luke 3.29. Number five, Jesus, surnamed Justice, a Jewish Christian and associated with Paul in the preaching of the gospel, Colossians 4.11. We're going to go through these, right? So what does that say? If it's just the name of Jesus, well, apparently you got like five messiahs in the Bible. <laughs> But it's not just the name of Jesus, not even just the name Yeshua, right? Okay, so we need to unhook our minds from that train, right? And we're going to get into what to hook our brains to as we go along. So let's look at example number two, Matthew 27, 20. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas to have Jesus killed. Interesting note, Barabbas' name meant son of Abba, or as the Jews would have most likely understood it, the son of God. How confusing a discussion. Do you want Jesus, Yahweh saves, or the Son of God to be set free? What a confusing option for the people. So Strong's G912, Barabbas, of the Chaldean origin, the son of Abba, Barabbas, and Israelite Barabbas, often translated or could be translated Yeshua. Okay, so... Uh, number three, Acts 7.45, which also our father in their turn brought in with uh, Josh, uh, Joshua when they entered the possession of the nations whom God drove out before the face of our fathers to the, uh, to the days of David. The King James Version translates Joshua as Jesus. This could be very confusing if you didn't know there's more than one Jesus in the New Testament and in, in, in the Old Testament, right? And uh, reference. So that name, Joshua or Joshua, you know, is translated Jesus incorrectly in the King James Version, right? Because it's referencing back to the one who fought the Battle of Jericho. But look what I just did. I gave you a point of reverence to know who we were talking about, didn't I? The one who fought the Battle of Jericho. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. See how this is working? Mm -hmm. So if I say Yeshua, the Son of God, or, you know, Yoshi, the Son of God, if I'm going Aramaic, or Yesido, the Son of God, it's still the Son of God. Because if I'm pointing back to Scripture as our point of reference... We're good, because you know who, the, who this person represents, okay? So, uh, uh, number four, Luke 3, 29. The son of uh, Yahshua, the son of Eliezer, the son of Jerem, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi. What's interesting about this verse is Yahshua, which is translated Jesus, all have the following translations for the same name dependent upon uh, of the translation you use. So Young's literal translations, it looks like Jose, <laughs> Jose, <laughs> Jose, literal translation of the Holy Bible, uh, Yosis, uh, Geneva Bible Yosis, which is based on Latin, Ether Cipher, Yosef, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a Bible in basic English, Jesus, in the scriptures, 2009, Yahushua, you know, all for the same word, all for the same person. I mean, so what are we doing here, right? And so let's look at option number five or example number five, Colossians 4, 10 through 11. Archterocurus, I think, my fellow prisoner greets you and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you receive commandment. If he comes to you, receive him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, not the Jesus of the cross, right? 
These are my only follower, fellow workers of God's kingdom who are of the circumcision men who have been comfort to me. Right. So this isn't the Jesus of the Bible, but it, it is accurately translated Jesus. So if Jesus is a magic word, then this makes no sense. Right. Unless we're misunderstanding when we say the name Jesus, we, we're pointing back to a, a life. We're pointing back to an event or pointing, uh, pointing back to a lineage to God, you know? And so that's something we have to get in our head. So if I say, I believe in Jesus, who am I pointing back to? If people inside the church aren't obeying God, aren't doing what he says and say, I believe in Jesus, you might as well say, I believe in Bob. Cause it ain't the Jesus of the Bible. Right. I mean, come on. It's like you can call, you can have the super secret special sacred name. Who cares? You know, and we're going to get to figure out here in a little bit how we actually apply this. So, uh, top of page four, it says some notes. Top of page four, Hebrew, Yeshua, uh, and there's Greek, and then there's Latin. I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. And then English. Right. If you're listening to the podcast, go to the website and you look it up, which means Jehovah is salvation or Yahweh is salvation because they didn't say Yahweh, but we do, you know. And so it says Jesus, as we see in English or Yeshua in Hebrew, is epidemiologically related and traced back to Yeshua in Hebrew. But since the Bible was spoken in two languages, in the New Testament, Hebrew and Aramaic, translated into two others, Greek and Latin, and then translated into Old English, then again into Modern English, we can see why Jesus seems so far removed from Yeshua. It is still referencing the same person, same act, same story, and the same source of our salvation. Okay? It says the name Yeshua, Yeshua, or Yahshua was a common name around the time of Jesus' birth. The pronunciation of this name is not a magic word with secret powers. On top of this understanding, if you really want to mess with your head just a bit more, Jesus has a brand new name. Did you guys know that? Remember, his name is the only name by which we may be saved. Before I read the Revelation, just like, you know, I don't want to say it, but there's many common religious names in other religions that are used that represent their prophets, right? And I don't even want to say the name, so I'm not going to. But they name their kids it. All right, so the name Yeshua was a popular baby name. If you got a popular baby name handbook back in the day, there would have been a lot of people with that name. There was a lot of Yeshuas, okay? All right, so let's read Revelation 3.12. Jesus has a new name. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will go out from there no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my own New name. Huh. So, guess what? It's going to mess with your head. His name's not Yeshua anymore. Deal with that one. If it's just the name that matters, you're in trouble. Because let's look at the next verse. It says, so if it's only by the correct pronunciation in the name of the Son of God that a person can reach salvation, explain to me how you can say a name that no one has ever heard or spoken. Because if we read in Revelation 19, 12 through 13, it says, his eyes are like a fiery flame and there are many diadem crowns on his head. He has a new name written that no one knows except himself. He is dressed in clothes, dipped in blood, and he is called the Word of God. Wow, deal with that one. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, man. So Jesus has a new name that nobody knows but him. Ooh, it's okay. How are you going to deal with that one? 
Well, if it's just a name thing, if we're playing the name game, like name that food, then you're in trouble. We're all in trouble. Right? But we're not playing the name game. We're, we misunderstand the context of what the verses are saying. We're, we're pointing back, and we're going to get into that. We're pointing back to events, to a person's life, to what he did, his actions, his lifestyle. Right? His calling upon the earth. Right? And so, let's keep going. It says, so please tell me what Yeshua, Yeshua, or Jesus' current name is, and I will wait. I'll end the Bible study here. Come back and for never, because you're never going to figure it out. <laughs> you know? And so, it is a tricky question, and it's meant to be a tricky question to prove the point that, hey, guys, no matter how hard you want to try to get his name right, you can't. It's impossible because nobody knows the name. He says it himself. I have a new name. Nobody knows it. It's mine. Deal with it. Right? Okay. So, Yahshua, Yeshua, Yahshua was his earthly name. He now has a new name that no one knows except the Father. What really matters is that he is in your heart. This is where the power of his name comes from, the relationship between you both. His name is not some kind of magical, mystical buzzword that gives the speaker some arcane power to rip the earth into. It's only if he lives in your heart, right? If you become the temple of God and the Holy, the indwelling in the Holy Spirit, and you have this relationship, and we're going to get into, well, how do you have the relationship, right? Okay. So here we go. The error of just claiming a name, right? Like, I believe in Jesus. <laughs> oh, good for you. What does that mean? I want to know. Who is Jesus to you, right? So now some seem to think that the name itself has some sort of mystical supernatural power, like some ancient summoning power to control the spirit of the bearer of the name. This is not so. And just pause. Okay. In the occult, they believe if you can know a demon's name, you can control the demon. So the people in the sacred name movement think if you know the name, the true, correct name of Jesus, that it unlocks power. Same concept, guys. It's ridiculous. Okay. So here's another example of this, where even the demons know the difference of, the, of those who are actually followers of Jesus and those who are not. Notice in this example that if it was just the correct name that would have succeeded, yet they claim with no relationship with the one they are claiming. So, top of page five. So it says, Acts... 19, 13 through 16. But some of the itinerant, I love that, belligerent, indignant, I love those words, they're just fun. Jews, exorcists, took on themselves to invoke over those who had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? They thought, this name has some mystical power. By this name, I can do wonderful things. Uh, let me write it down so I'll never forget and we'll sell it to people and stuff, right? But no, saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches... There were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did this. The evil spirit answered, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? The man in whom the evil spirits leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Got their butt kicked, right? And it's funny because even in this name game, right, they, they claim... Right? The name of Jesus, they point to a reference to the to the Jesus that Paul is preaching. What is missing? Relationship. They had no relationship with the Jesus that Paul preached. Paul does. That's why he can cast out demons all in the name of Jesus Christ and work miracles. But the lack of relationship made the name of no use or power. It's it's empty, right? Okay. So 
the error of claiming the right name, but with no relationship, which we just talked about. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Okay, Jesus is going to lay it down. Hold on to your butts. Now, everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Oh, but he who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Huh? Many will many will tell me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Wait a minute. Claiming Jesus in your name, cast out demons in your name, do mighty works. Then I will tell them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You who work iniquity. Right? And so I'm going to read my note and I'm going to say something. So as you see, just because you claim Jesus doesn't mean that Jesus claims you. Right? So I put it in like nice black, you know, highlight with yellow letters so we could really focus on it. But he who does the will of my father in heaven. Huh? Obedience. Right? So if you want to say, I know Jesus, Jesus says, only if you obey me. Right? Only if you obey God. That's how you know. All right. So if someone's out there claiming Jesus and they ain't obeying him or teaching against obedience, they might get some things right. They might have some 90% truth, but it don't matter because what Jesus say, yeah, now get, get out of here. You don't know. You don't obey. I don't know you, Lord, Lord. Who are you? Right. All right. So as seen in the parable of the 10 virgins told by Jesus, some seem to think by claiming the name that makes you as a follower of the name. Okay, so Matthew 25, 11 through 12. Afterwards, the other virgins also came saying, there it is again, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, most certainly I tell you, I don't know you. Right? And so we know the parable of the of virgins were half were wise and kept well in their lamps and the other weren't, right? But again, here's the thing. Just because you're saying a name, just because you're saying, Lord, Lord, Jesus Christ, I know you, Son of God, doesn't mean nothing because there's no relationship. You want a relationship with God? Boom. What do you have to do? You have to obey. It's easy. All right. So it's not a matter of how to claim the name correctly with relationship. It's not a matter of saying that Jesus came in the flesh. Islam, Judaism, Buddhism, and even the demons and Lucifer believe that Jesus came in the flesh. It's what we believe about him. If he is our Lord and not just our Savior, this is proven by when we obey and follow him. Okay, so it says, you must do what he says. Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things which I say? So what is he saying? You're insulting me. That's an insult. You can't call me Lord, you liar. You're disobedient. It's like, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things in which I say? So what's that saying? Work it back. You want to be able to call him Lord? You have to obey and do what he says. Then when you say Jesus, he's going to go, yes, how, what can I do for you? Because what? Oh, you have a relationship. Imagine that. Right. Okay. So. Follow his example, John 13, 13 through 15. You call me teacher and Lord, and you so, say so correctly, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Now, this is specifically talking about foot washing, but he is the author and the perfecter of our faith, right? And so all he does is an example, right? So what do we do? We follow his example in all things. 
We act like him, think like him. That's how you can tell. Like even today, you can go overseas and people follow different rabbis. You can tell who's what part of what rabbi because how they do, how they dress, how they cut their hair, if they have the little thingy things, if they have the little furry tops, if they just wear the yarmulke, if they refuse to get their picture taken, because that's what their rabbi does. It's not hard. You want to make it even simpler? Is it hard to tell who's an OU fan or a Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs fan? They wear the uh, the material. They talk about them, right? They go to the games. They spend money on it, all right? So how's that any different from someone who's following Christ? You're going to spend your money. You're going to go to church. You're going to put on the clothes of righteousness. You're going to do the things that please him. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. Stay away from the things of the world. Right, exactly. And so all we have to do is look at their lives. Show me the fruit. What have you done? What's your life like? What do you think about him? So if you're saying your name claiming Jesus, like one time I talked to this lady and uh, I talked about God and Jesus go to church and she goes, I love my Jesus. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, that lady did not love the Jesus of the Bible. And she was accurate in saying my Jesus because she made up a little idol in her own heart. Her own little Jesus. The one that makes her feel warm and fuzzy like Buddhism where you can go in the temple and create your own Buddha God and you can make one whatever you fancy in life, money or health or whatever you want, right? And that's what people would do with Jesus. Why do I like this about God? I don't like this about Jesus. So I'm going to shave that off. I'm going to make a little idol. And this is the Jesus I like. Instead of this is the Jesus accurately portrayed in the Bible, right? And so the name is pretty much a, a, a pointless issue. Because if it's not pointing back to relationship through obedience and and action in the Bible, then what are you doing? All right. John 8, 31 through 32. Jesus therefore said to those Jews who had believed in him, if you remain in my word, then you are truly my disciples. Wow. You also know the truth and truth will make you free. All right. So if you remain in my word, then you are truly my, my disciples, right? Do the things he says, right? Remain in his word. That means follow his teachings, obey his commands, walk that path, follow his example. We're going to keep rocking this party. Let's go to the top of page six. Let me give you a second to turn to page six. John 14, 15 through 17. It says, if you love me, woo, keep my commandments. Wow. So how, how can you tell if someone loves Jesus? They're keep keeping the commandments. commandments. I didn't say it. He said it. Don't get mad at me. I know, right? I will pray to the Father and he'll give you another counselor that he may be with you forever. So who gets the Holy Spirit? Ouch. The spirit of truth whom the world can't receive for it doesn't see him, neither knows him. You know him for he lives with you and will be with you. Now everybody's given a a portion of faith, a portion of the spirit, but they can get a whole lot more. That's like the seed of the Holy Spirit, like just enough to get you on the down the road. And then you can water it with some faith and obedience and it grows. Okay, so John 8, 31, then Jesus said to the Judeans who had believed in him, if you continue to follow my teachings, you are really my disciples, right? See if we can find a trend here. John 13, 34 to 35, I give you a new commandment to love one another just as I have loved you. You're also to love one another. Everyone will know by this that you are my disciples if you have love for one another, right? So we got obedience, do what I say, stay in my word, follow my example, and to love one another. Right? Easy enough. Okay. John 15, 13 through 15. No one has a greater love than this than one lays down his life for his friends. 
You are my friends if you do what I command you. So you want to be Jesus' friend? You want to say Jesus is your friend? I got a friend in Jesus, you know? Okay, are you uh, obeying him? Um, you know? And so if you are, then you do. But if you're not, then you don't. Easy enough, right? List. A checkoff list. Pretty much. This is it. You know? It says, verse 15, I no longer call you slaves, but the slaves do not understand what his master is doing. But I've called you friends because I revealed to you everything I heard from my father. So what does that say? Follow his commands. Be his friend. Receive the Holy Spirit. Get inside information about everything God wants you doing and what's going to happen in guidance. Okay. Easy enough. Okay, so let's keep going. Now we can understand the verse, faith without works is dead. It takes claiming the right person with the right corresponding action to complete the relationship that saves, right? James 2, 17 through 26. So also faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. But action, right? But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. I believe in Jesus. Right? Oh, you don't got to do nothing. Don't worry about it. Whatever. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. It's my favorite Bible verse in the Bible, by the way. You believe that God is one well and good. Even the demons believe that. So he's going, whoop-de-doo. You know? And they tremble with fear. But would you like evidence? Um, but w would you like evidence? You empty, fe uh, empty fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac as his son on the altar? You see that his father was working together with his works and his faith was perfected by works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Now Abraham, or Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness and he was called God's friend. Oh, we yeah. kind of heard that with Jesus. Wow. Didn't right, you know? Mm -hmm. Do what I command you and we'll be friends. And, Jesus, and God was like, well, we're friends, Abraham, because you obeyed me. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Amen. Mm -hmm. And similarly, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed the messenger and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Right? So don't tell me you believe in Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, if you don't have corresponding life action and change. Right. It doesn't mean perfection. There's just got to be something in you, in your life that it, it, I don't. I shouldn't have to squint at your life going, what are you doing? I, are you say you're a Christian, but nothing about your life is Christian, mm -hmm. you know? And so we have to remember that, hey, here comes the thing. We can know the difference between those who are committed and those who are not committed by the fruit they're bearing. We're not judging their soul for heaven or hell. We're just saying, hey, the fruit you're bearing is rotten fruit. It stinks. Repent. Get right with God. Right. right? Okay. Good word. Yeah. And so you deny Christ on earth if you don't obey him. Matthew 10, 32 through 33. Everyone, therefore, who confesses me before men, saying, I know Jesus. Him I also will confess before my Father who is heaven. But there's more to that later, so let's we'll talk about that. But whoever denies me before uh, men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. So we don't just deny Jesus by saying, I don't believe in Jesus. We deny him by our lives, our lifestyle, the sin of omission, failing to stand up for him in public, failing to obey him as Lord, even secretly in your own heart. Right? So you can deny Jesus other than saying, I, I don't believe in him. And just because you say, I believe in Jesus, doesn't mean you're affirming your relationship with him, right? 
And so we have to understand, and I hope we're getting in our brains and our hearts, that it's more than just the name. It is a life committed, and it's a relationship between him and you. And without that, it's nothing. Okay? So, top of page seven. It says, now we can understand what it means to ask in his name. Right? It's not just the, uh, I ask in the name of J-E-S-U-S. Right? John 14, 13 through 14. Whatever you ask in my name. Now, let's pause for a minute. Is he saying in the name of Jesus specifically? Or is he saying in the authority and the power of his name? It's in the authority and the power of his name, his title, his position. Right? And say, I will do it that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. It is not in the verbiage or guttural sounds of our mouth. It is in the compliance within our hearts that makes it so. Many people ask for things in Jesus' name. It means nothing. Just like those in Jesus' parable when they say, Lord, Lord, and he tells them he doesn't know them. So even if the deaf and mute cannot say or hear or say the name of Jesus, they still can be saved as it is the spirit of the person in which the name is actually spoken. Wow, let's read that again. They can still be saved as it is the spirit of the person in which the name is actually spoken. Then activated by a relationship based upon the parameters laid out by Jesus himself as seen above. Right? Do what I say. Follow my example. Love one another. You want to be my friends? Obey. Right? So it's all in here. Right? And so if someone has a cut off tongue and that happens to Christians and they can't say Jesus anymore, are they losing their salvation? No, dumb. Are they? Can they no longer pray because they can't say? What if they're a deaf mute? Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. No, but it does make sense when we think it's the relationship and the person we're pointing back to, what is written in Scripture about him and how we relate with that. Okay? It's all in here. Okay? So, this helps us better understand when Jesus said, not everyone who says, Lord, will, Lord, Lord, will be saved as we read above. So, let's read. Look, Acts 2.21. It will be that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Right? So, that makes it sound like anybody. You just have to say the word. Right. Romans 10, 13, for whoever call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Right. Now we're in understanding. It's not just saying Jesus and then you're saved to accurately claim on the name of the Lord is to follow that line, that guidelines of obedience, relationship, understanding of putting him in the right place inside your heart, inside your life and what you do with yourself. Okay. So it's not a magic buzzword. It's not something that like, you know, you could say and portals open up in this ridiculousness. It's relationship, right? So look, uh, put, look to Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Now, everyone who says to me, Lord, the Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father who is in heaven, many will tell me in the day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name do many mighty works. And I will tell him, I never knew you depart from me, you who are workers of iniquity. So now we understand Acts 2.21, Romans 10.13. It's not just saying the name because Jesus clarifies what that means. It's not just saying Jesus. Right? As those who obey and, and do what he says. So now that we have learned that it mean, what it means to claim the name of Jesus correctly through relationship, obedience, and love, and it, is, it actually has a, a little to do with the exact perfect pronunciation of a word and more to do with a relationship and the corresponding action of obedience, we can fully appreciate this warning from Jesus, right? Matthew 10, 22, you'll be hated by all men for my name's sake. 
but he who endures to the end will be saved. So let me read what I said. He is saying, because of whom and what I am and what I stand for, you will be hated. And because we have a relationship proven by your love and obedience, so he who endures in this relationship or their relationship with me will be saved by that relationship. That's what he's saying. So you'll be hated by all men for his namesake, not for the name Jesus, because at the end of time, it's false Christianity that's going to be killing real Christians. And they're going to claim the name Jesus. And it's going to confuse the world, you know, and a lot of people. It doesn't matter what they claim because they have no relationship. Wow. Right? And so all we have to understand is that when we claim the name of Jesus, his namesake, that means who he is, what he stands for, what he wants, how he wants us to live, and all of his guidelines. That's his namesake. Right? And so um, we can put it a lot like this. If I say... Like I have a piece of paper, boom. This is a poet from, you know, Shakespeare, a poem, right? That would have weight because you know who Shakespeare is. You know his prose. It's easy to verify if that's thing. It's like, well, a guy down the street named Shakespeare wrote this. What value would it be to you? No, it wouldn't be no value. But if it was an actual Shakespearean uh, uh, a poem, man, that would have certain value. You're right, because of the history and the relationship of the author and stuff like that. It's the same thing with Jesus. Just because, oh, I got Jesus. It's the one I just made up last week. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You hold up the Bible and go, is it this Jesus? This Jesus says something different, you know, and I can prove to you what he says because it's written down, right? Okay, so top of page eight. As we close, kind of flew through this one. Okay, conclusion. I like it like this. I have little kids at home. When they try to say daddy, they don't have to say it perfectly for me to understand and respond. For for that matter, daddy is my title, not my name. So if, if we call Jesus Lord, then he knows who we are talking about based upon the relationship we have, just like I know my kids based upon the relationship we have together. Conversely, if some strange child would say daddy, I would know that they are not mine based upon the lack of familiarity with them. The lack of relationship with them would make uh, the call hollow and empty. They could even say my name and I would be like, who are you? Jesus' name is not some magical secret sauce of vowels. So it is the Lord, uh, so it is the Lord and Savior part of the description that empowers the name correctly. Right? We see our Father God do the same thing in the Old Testament when talking to Moses. He said the following. God said, Exodus 3, 5 through 7. He said, don't come close. Take off your sandals for the uh, for the place you are standing on is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your fathers. Oh, so he's pointing to relationships, right? The God of Abraham, huh? the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Yahweh said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in the Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. I put Did you see it? Without even saying his name, it is the reference that empowered the title. God is the I am. This is because of the following. I am your God because I was the God of your ancestors. So as when someone claims the name of Jesus, it is the reference of being the son of God. Not a name alone, but the associated power and honor given that name. Accessed by the relationship with the person of Jesus. All right. John 10, 36. Do you say of him whom the father sanctified and sent to the world, you blaspheme because I said, I am the son of God. What is Jesus doing there? He is claiming relationship. (laughs) 
Duh, right? I mean, now we're looking at it, we're like, Duh. okay, I get it now. Uh, Hebrews 4.14. Having then a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, relationship, let's hold tightly to our confession. Jesus, the Son of God, right? So that's a title. It's Yeshua, the Son of God. It's very specific, right? And it's all based upon relationships, Right. And then we can go back and see what Jesus did with his life and that relationship. And, you know, that he always did what pleased the father and he only said what God wanted him to do. He only did what God told him to do. And so he had a very strong relationship. So what we're saying when we believe in Jesus is that we believe in the son of God, the same God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. It's all in the reference. You see. It doesn't matter if you get the name and pronunciation exactly perfect if it does not contain the appropriate witness in the spirit that he is really your Lord and Savior, that you do what he says and you're actually his friend. Basically, simply put, it only works if he claims you and you and knows your name. Right. And so that's the only way that God and Jesus know our name relationship. Right. And that's when Jesus says, I will confess you for the father. It's because he knows your name. How does he know your name? Because you obeyed him. You listen to him. You love like him, walk like him, talk like him. You do the things that he did. And that's how you know it's the real Jesus. Right. And so when these people, uh, when these, <laughs> I'm thinking about our, our upcoming Bible study, it's going to punch some people in the face, but because this is such a pivotal, this is foundational for what's coming. Okay. This, this understanding. Okay. And so when we get here, we need to understand that it's the relationship that exemplifies who we're talking about and what is said about them in scripture. Many people are many, making many false Christs, many false Jesuses in the world. And many denominations have built up a Jesus that does not exist other than in their own imagination. Okay, and so this is very important to what's coming. So just oh, wow. keep this in your mind and your heart, and uh, we'll come back to it. Basically, let's read Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Having this in your mind, which was also in Christ Jesus, who existed in the form of God, didn't consider equality with God at things to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, Yes, the death of the cross, therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name which is above every name. Now, remember, back to Revelation, there's a name that nobody knows. Only Jesus knows what this name is. <laughs> that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, and of those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, right? And so it's not just Yeshua, because there's many people in Bible named Yeshua. It's the relationship, the connection, the authority, the title, the second layer of that other than vowels and letters, you know, you know, that matters. Right. So he was given a name, a position, a title above every other name. Right. And so that's why in spiritual warfare, if you have a relationship with Jesus, it works. It has power because you have that relationship. Mm -hmm. Just like in Acts, they had no relationship. So trying to cast out demons by Jesus' name meant nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's that loving, obedient relationship between us and God that unlocks that power. 
Okay, praise God. I say Ephesians 1, 20 through 23, which he worked in Christ, the Messiah, when he raised him from the dead and made him sit at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named. So Jesus is above every name that is named. Not only in this age, right, but also in that which has come. Remember back to Revelation where he has a new name. Nobody knows it. It's secret, right? So this is referencing that. You know, the age to come, so Jesus is never going to get his name knocked down, ever. And so, but he put all things in subjection and his feet and gave him to be head over all things for the assembly, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Right? So, if we want to accurately claim the name of Jesus, say, I believe in Jesus, Team Jesus, right here on my shirt, right? What what Jesus is this talking about? It's obviously the Jesus is in the Bible as described in Scripture, Right? The same Lord and Savior of Peter and Paul and James, right? The one who came from Mary, the Son of God, that Jesus, that's the one I believe in. That's the one I teach. That's the one I preach. That's the one I have a relationship. So if you want to have a conversation with me and you call him Yesido, Yoshi, Yeshua, and don't bother me none, because as long as you got that relationship, we got the obedient lifestyle, they know, I know, we know who we're talking about. And we're connected to that. So yes, Jesus is a beautiful name. I love the, the word Jesus. It's wonderful. You know, but it is nothing without relationship and obedience. Okay, so all these fake Christians out there in the Babylonian system claiming a Jesus that doesn't exist. You need to repent and obey the Jesus of Scripture because he's going to say, I don't know you. Well, you're wasting your time here, son. You know, just pray to me. Who are you praying to? You a disobedient child. Get out of here. Right. And that's going to be sad. But you have time to repent. So please repent. So please keep this encapsulated in your heart and mind this whole teaching because it's going to get bigger. So. You know how many capsules I have. <laughs> Angel has lots of capsules. So we're going to go and pray, and then we will do uh, questions. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all your love and many blessings. Thank you for this understanding that um, it's a relationship thing, man. It's a, it's obedience. It's a, a love thing. It's you know, it's not just a, a, a consonant and vowel thing. And so just letters and what we can noises we make with our mouth, but it's a life that we live with our heart. And so we praise you. We thank you for that understanding that we claim Jesus or Yahshua or Yoshi, whatever. We claim the one in the Bible, the son of God, the one who died for our sins and rose again on the third day who we obey and we love. We claim him. And so we just glorify you, Father, and we thank you for this understanding. And we love you. And in Jesus' beautiful, mighty, holy name, we pray. Amen. 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 <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> if you feel so led of the Lord and want to know how to donate to this ministry outreach, please visit brotherlance.com and scroll down to the bottom of the main page for the PayPal link. Thank you, and may God's blessing rest upon you. Brotherlance.com